You're listening to Two Guys, One Album with music insiders Michael Heideman and Paul Farva. We are two music experts. Green Experts is pushing it. Taking on the greatest albums of all time. Uh, it's a little subjective. Song by song with careful analysis. All right, I wouldn't say careful. Look, we're having fun with the songs. Two guys. One album. I have not heard this album in its entirety in at least 15 years. Same. This is this is one of those albums that you put on. Great for a house party. Great to just get your street level cred kegger. back up there. Oh, perfect. You just have kegger. your neighborhood Saturday night kegger or after party after the bars at Cam's and Champagne Urbana. You jam to this. Has this happened before, Paul? I don't know. <laughs> I know this when I bought the album, but it is time for two guys. One album. I am Paul Farvar. And this is Michael Heideman here in the WGN studios overlooking all of Chicago. But today we're more focused on the Beastie Boys' License to Ill, their debut album. That's correct. And and before we get started, you know, we get a lot of conflicts, people asking stuff. As we say in the intro, we are insiders, but we're just having some fun. And, uh, you know, we haven't listened to this in a while. We're just going to go through the songs and, and, and tell you what we think. We're not, we're not saying we're... Bees knees. Mm-hmm. Well, we are. I guess. We are the bees knees. Are, are you doing this because you're putting all legal ramifications yes. to rest? I want to put that. that to, there's two so things. Don't get sued yeah, we're not. If opinions. we're not accurate, we say that, <laughs> and we are insiders, but we're having fun. And as always, all episodes we guarantee will be 30 minutes or less. That's mm-hmm. the one thing we always, always. Every if you go back on every episode, always 30 minutes or just less. like a pizza. That's just like that Little Caesars commercial. <laughs> now we know it's Domino's. And by the way, when you say we're having fun, some albums we don't really have fun with. A lot of albums we, we do just for you listeners. And that brings us to we where you can... crap on them sometimes. Yes, we do. Much like after a, a Domino's pizza. Or that's a little correct. Pizza. Now we're going to get sued. Um, but it, like we said, we love reaching out to our listeners, and we love when you guys reach out to us and tell us what you think. That's how we make the podcast better. So first of all, you can email us at twoguysonealbum at gmail.com. Gmail.com. That's the number two. That's the number one album at gmail.com. The number one album. <laughs> two guys, one album. Two and one are the number mm-hmm. at Gmail. Yes. See how easy that is, Michael? That, that made, you made it a lot easier on me. Thank you, Paul. But we've done all our legal ramifications. Let's get into this. Rhythm and Stealing is the first track. It starts with a bang. It's rhyming and stealing. Oh, what did I say? You rhythm. said rhythm and stealing. God. Damn it. Yeah, anything if not accurate. We are nothing podcast. if we're not accurate. We've already <laughs> screwed this all up. And you know what, Paul? We did this last episode, and I'm going to give you the chance to bring it back around this episode. I'm going to give each of us one skip on this on oh, this right. album. That's right. I like that new rule. New rule. I'm not going to skip this song. I haven't heard it in a while. It's definitely not like... It's a great way to introduce the, the, the world to the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, when it came out, this was like the shit. People were like, 
like, whoa, what is this? It's, you know, they reinvented rap music. Yeah, they really did. And you didn't see a lot of this. Now it's so ubiquitous to see a group of people rapping together, especially white guys rapping together. This wasn't really the case in 1986 when it was put out in November by Jeff Def Jam and Columbia Records. It became the first rap LP to top the Billboard album chart, and it's one of Columbia's fastest-selling debut records to date. Certified Diamond by, yeah. by just three dudes from New York. Yeah. Also, producer Rick Rubin. This was like his first real job. Now he's like the fucking shit. Everyone he, loves him. He's the man by far, Rick Rubin. And he, and everything he turns, he touches, turns to gold. And this was kind of a kind of a different him for thing for him to take. Sorry, I was listening to the transition of this album because oh, it's right. so seamless almost. This goes into the new style, the second song on the album. Yeah, the second song, they don't have skits. No skits? How revolutionary for for three rappers. <laughs> this is before the skits, yeah. <laughs> so this so is, yeah. The new the, style. The new style. I don't do remember this? this. Let's listen to it for a second. All right. I don't think I've ever listened to this song. I honestly, you know, when I bought this out, I was late to the Beastie Boys game. Mm-hmm. I bought it because I wanted No Sleep Till Brooklyn. It was because I hated when they first came out. I was not a big fan of Beastie Boys, but then I got into them later in college, and uh, and this was one of the songs that I just I don't think I ever listened. You to. You didn't listen to it? Well, no. yeah, I think most like most people, a lot of people got into Beastie Boys once you saw that music video with uh, Lou Albana. Wait, no, that's uh, that's Cindy Lauper. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to fight for your right. Was the song fight for your right? But that was a first hit, which we'll talk about later. But Friday. but I didn't like that when that came out. I no sleep till Brooklyn got me into it, and it was like I mean, it was like the late '90s, and I was like, I got into Beastie Boys because Paul's Boutique came out, mm-hmm. and I was into that. And then the album after was Sabotage. So I, I I went back and bought this later, and as you see on the disc cover, it was like a total cheap buy. Was, I think on the cover of my album the disc it says discount buy right you got in front of you michael yeah discount buy uh, i in fact i'm looking at it right here best value best value i probably got it for like 7.99 at uh at best buy but this anyway great. it was produced by rick rubin you mentioned paul's boutique which i think was the first time they kind of jetted off from rick rubin yeah and which, they started playing their own instruments. Yep, played their own instruments. And did you know, in the top of this song, they mention Mike D. They do that a lot in their songs. Is I'm Mike D. And I came to say that I'm here to play every single day. A lot That's of those, their say. songs go with that kind of rhyme scheme. Yeah. But he almost got kicked out of the band. Did you know that? No. For what? Uh, the Beasties considered kicking Mike D. out of the band before License to Ill was released. Um, it was a pretty slim margin that they kept him in because at the time... You're kind of just trying to do your thing and think about the money that was involved too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sure Rick Rubin was like, "Hey, you know, I, I love Mike D, but we got to keep this." Th- and he too. was a lot of people used to to say that he was uh, what's his name's Neil Diamond's son. That's not true, right? That's that's a wives' tale. <laughs> Neil Diamond's that was the that was a rumor that went around. Yeah, that people always said, "Oh, that's my that's uh, Neil Diamond's son." It's totally not true. No, I don't think so. I I hope not. But yeah, if if so, he has the musical. He was awesome, and I liked Adam. Rest in peace. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, there's there's a good song, new style. We're we're getting off track here. It's all right. How do you how do you say Adam's last name? Yacht. Yeah. 
Ed Mjok? I don't know. We're going to get yelled at. I know. I can already tell this. There's so many Beastie Boys fans that just tuned in like, these guys are assholes. Mm -hmm. But we do like them. I love the Beastie Boys. In fact, when I started comedy, I used to always ask to go up to to Beastie Boys. Sabotage was my favorite song, was my intro music. Mm -hmm. uh, That's that's such a cool song. And when they played their own instruments on stage, I think it kind of blew people away that they're like, whoa, this rap band is playing guitar? Right. What's this And it's such a cool song. And it's funny because I was on the road recently and uh, and I heard they brought me up to Sabotage and I was like did you guys know that that's what I brought up? They're like no we just thought we like it I was like oh man that's so cool like it just by chance and a lot of people uh, and and also base, baseball players like to go up to Sabotage and BC Boys songs yeah to the extent you can in family friendly settings it's a great downstroke rock and roll rap song let's talk about this album so let's go to the next song uh right we're on three yeah she's crafty oh great great this song. is a good song got that great led zeppelin lick in the beginning mm-hmm. which is a, a lot of what they were known for in fact they were kind of sued almost by acdc and had to unrelease a few songs because they had this sample beat from an ACD song, ACD song at first too. We forgot to mention too that Ryman and Steele and they, when Levy breaks was sampled in that. Oh yeah, by Led Zeppelin. You know, we got to look into that. Why do you think that they had such a good tie-in with Led Zeppelin? I'm looking through our notes and I don't really see. A well, they talked about. Why it. They, I mean, I think it was just they were very influenced by them. They were influenced by a lot of those bands, mm-hmm. um, and they just put their own spin on it for lack of a better word do you think Greta Van Fleet was influenced by the Beastie Boys <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> I think they were influenced by one thing only and it rhymes with Gobbert Clant <laughs> <laughs> she's crafty's awesome I mean and yeah I mean they've got that great great riff from the ocean yeah you know I was I was gonna save this till the end Paul because uh, I don't want to shit on the Beastie Boys the Beasties too soon but the one reason I can't ever like fully embrace this album and give it a big old hug is because I hate the screaming of these rap lyrics in your face like every single song it's like um, Adam and uh, MCA yes are, are just kind of yelling the entire time it's and you th- I always think of them in Fight for Your Right to Party when they're just holding the phone and screaming yeah. into it I'm like that's probably how they recorded this album <laughs> <laughs> screaming into the microphone well yeah that's their style but it, it just shows passion and t- it's just to play devil's advocate they I mean they're just passionate about the, the lyrics that they wrote and uh, and I just think it's it was such a cool style for for them to you know go back and sample these songs that a lot of you know a lot of people were sampling cool beats like from R&B songs and stuff and they were sampling rock which was mm-hmm. cool and I thought that was interesting I didn't appreciate it like I said earlier until later in life but I mean it's still cool and she's crafty I mean there's there's still this song still holds up yeah definitely yeah, uh, let's go into the next one real quick posse posse in effect what did you just say posse oh posse okay I don't even know this song. A lot of easy drum fills when they weren't so you they weren't so well seen as they are nowadays. Like now you can just go to Guitar Center and say, "Hey, I want the Beastie Boys beat," and you just go to the nearest drum box and they'll get it. But that's what they were doing. That's what they were, they were crafting. They're very Craftily. crafty, and they will scream at you unless you understand that. Yeah. 
Do you want to say what the... So there was a little bit of controversy about the naming of the album. Oh, yes. Um, it's How do we how do we say that in this PC world? Of course, it's called License to Ill, but they're, they were pressured by their manager to change the name from Don't Be an F-Word. Yeah. Uh... The there's more than one F word. Yes, this is this is the not the most popular F word. Second most popular. Ah, uh, no, it's not really popular at all. They said they I'm wanted to the title of the, the album. Name. Yes, it was going to be called "Don't Be a Faggot." That's what they were going to call it. That's what then it's it's news. They knew that. Yeah, and uh, good. and pressured. Uh, they pressured uh, Columbia Records. Pressured Russell Simmons, who was the BC's manager mm-hmm. and the head of Def Jam at the time, to change the name because it was too homophobic. Can you imagine if it was called that? It, it, this would have changed and the entire changed. game of Insane. Beastie Boys. Uh, they would have not gotten as much love and been known as legendary if that and was it's the gotta, name. It's got to be said. This was '86 when you know saying that word was was uh, wasn't as offensive as it is today. Mm-hmm. But here, this song. What is this? We're, we're still. We- this is Posse and Effects number four. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You need your skip? No, we can't. We've already played it enough that we don't even. Have, I'm gonna, oh, yeah, you're I'm already save, like two I'm minutes in. I'm gonna save my skip. But no, I, I don't like this song. I don't remember this song to be honest with you, and I don't think I've ever listened to it other than when I first bought it from Best Buy for seven ninety nine. <laughs> How about Slow Ride? What do you think of that song? The next song on the album, which is named five. after the Foghead song. Ah. Oh. The same name, and, how and they've got that? a sample from Lowrider in this that I didn't recognize. Let's let's take a listen. There's that Lowrider <laughs> sound. Okay, did did not know this song even existed until we just heard it. I don't remember this shit. For White Castle, and I hate White Castle. Is that what you're all about? Oh man, that this song's those, horrible. Those vocals just drive me crazy. Yeah, I don't sometimes. like this song, and I don't like that they they sampled that low rider part. It's just like, and they changed it up. It's just um, I don't like it. it the seems lo- like they isolated it, isolated it a little bit. Yeah, the horn section there. Well, that's from Down on the Avenue by Fat Larry's band, and then also Take the Money and Run is sampled in this by Larry Miller. Hmm. Or Larry Miller, Steve Miller band. Larry Miller. Isn't that a comedian? Hit Larry us. Miller. <laughs> uh, Paul's had a long week, by the way, yes. ladies and gentlemen. He's been traveling all over the world at the moment. All over the if country. You, if you don't know, Paul is a comedian, uh, very, very well-known comedian. And <laughs> That's not accurate. All right, <laughs> speaking true. of Paul, which is my name, the next song, Paul Revere. I do know this song. The, the next song is Girls. Oh, I had Paul Revere. <laughs> oh, oh, you're right. Paul Revere? No, you're right. It's we could girls. play Paul Revere if you want to skip all three of these. No, let's go to girls. Okay. It's only two minutes long, so. Ah. And this was a fixture on every radio station for all through the 90s. So this is a song I'd play on cassette. If you wanted to make a mix and you only had like two minutes left on the CD or the cassette, mm-hmm. this is what you put at the end. Just so you were like, all right, it's only two minutes. You don't want to put half a song and you don't want to leave it blank. Fill it up. Absolutely. Two minutes, 14 seconds. Another White Castle reference. They love their White Castle. (laughs) There's two things about the Beastie Boys that you need to know. Number one, they like to scream. And number two, 
they go to White Castle. Mm-hmm. They do. They love the White all Castle. All right, we've heard enough. We all know this song. It's okay. It's not. No one's saying Girls is their favorite Beastie Boys song. No, but it's, it's probably the favorite to dance to at a concert, but you're not going to be... Or at that kegger you, <laughs> for two not, minutes. No one's going to be walking down the aisle to girls. No. And if they are, mad credit to them. Holy <laughs> crap, that's awesome. Which brings us to the song that put them on the map. I mean, this is an iconic song. If, if when people talk about the best rap songs of all time, mm-hmm. you cannot say "Fight for Your Right" is not on that list. No, it's it's one of the greatest. I, I don't know. It's hard to call, classify it as a rap song, though. If you think about it, how, how do you not? What do you mean? It's a it's a it's an anthem. It's in, in a way. Yeah, but it's a they're rappers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, talk, how are you? Wait, what are you saying? How can you say it's not rap? I'm Michael? saying it's. It, there aren't the typical uh, hip hop beats that you see in a rap song. There's no. I mean, but it's this all, is song verses all, too. Yeah, it is. It, they do have verses and chorus and everything, but it's still. They're not. They're not singing. In the verses, right. the party. They're, they're yelling, extending notes. I don't know. <laughs> the chorus is sung. It it, it obviously um, was able to push them in a direction where it's like, okay, now we understand they're not just a rap band; they're a rock band too. And they actually ushered in this kind of new wave of rap rock. 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 I don't think uh, sure. they're who we have to thank for Limp Biscuit and the Run DMC Aerosmith uh, <laughs> collaboration too. And here's another thing that was well, really that happened before that. I think. Uh, yes. Walk this way. I remember watching that on MTV and being blown away <laughs> as a young child. But did you know, Paul, that they weren't actually uh, new to the scene? I mean, License to Ill was their debut record, but a year earlier they were actually touring with Madonna. Did you know that? I did not. It's it's kind of crazy because they opened up for her, and that would be insane. How do you follow this? <laughs> Only Madonna could Well, Madonna fans were actually bewildered by this pairing, and the trio spent most of the tour being heckled and booed off the stage. That the, makes sense. They didn't really care, though. Adderock actually made out with Madonna in a backstage bathroom, what? supposedly. Yeah, that's Allegedly. a little t- tidbit of info for I mean, you. you this... It's, it's such a great song. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, as much as overplayed, if you if this pops on the radio, you listen to it because you have to, and you should tell your kids to listen to it too if you have kids. Yeah, it's a, it's a great classic staple in great rock song. Music. And, none. I didn't like it when it first came out, like I said, but but as you get older and uh, you, I go back and I appreciate it. I mean, this is a classic of the '80s. Um, people that were traditional musicians didn't really respect. This art form, BC Boys were, were kind of creating at the time, and I was kind of one of those music snobs. But then later in life, I was like, "Who cares? This is just good." Yeah, and it's it's hard to think that this song that came out in 1986. It totally separates itself yeah. from that 90s you weren't even music. Born yet? I mean, 80s music. Yeah, I was uh, I was like one. a few months. <laughs> I was just a few months old. This next song is <laughs> unreal. They put the the most heavy rock songs back to back, seven to eight, right in the middle of the album too. This song 
is amazing. So simple. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of... You know, if you think about it, and you think about Rick Rubin's releases and the things that he's kind of created over the past few years, a lot of his songs, especially hip-hop songs, are based in this very simplistic kind of beat, uh, just a quick rhythm guitar, and then going into these heavy vocals. Because if you yeah. think about it, these instrumentals are nothing. Yeah. It's 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 what it's just the a drum. It's a catchy drum, and and the, it's and the hook is the No Sleep Sale Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I mean. It goes back to what we talked about when the cranberries, you know, they have these simple songs, the, the simple chords, uh, simple guitar parts. This is just a simple beat, yeah. but it's still freaking so hooky. This album is 32 years old. Jesus Christ. Man. Such a good song, though. <laughs> no Sleep Till Brooklyn, easily one of the uh, my top 20 songs of all time, by the way. I will, I will put it on that list. Um... All right, well, let's dive into the next song that Paul has, Revere. shares your own name. This is a song. All right, now, I'll, I'll, a little backstory about this song. So okay. I knew the Beastie Boys. My my cousins all were like, oh, you got to listen to these guys. But they were from Wisconsin. Gross. and they, This is kind of their, their thing, their, their jam. And then I went to high school and met this guy named Pete. And he's like, hey, you got to listen to this Beastie Boys. And I'm like, I've heard it before. I've heard No Sleep Till Brooklyn. I've heard Sabotage. I get it. I get they're like kind of rocky and hip hop. And he goes, no, there's a song called Paul Revere. That's awesome. It's about stealing. Um, uh, isn't it about stealing something? Mm. I don't forget what it's about. Let me listen to this in real quick. I okay. love that beat. A little background reverse kind of style drum beat. Well, they sampled this from speaking of stealing from "It's Yours" by T. La Rock and Jazzy J. And Mantronics hardcore hip hop. Yeah. Yes. So okay, it, it is a, like a Western story. This Paul Revere story, which I yep. really enjoyed, and that was the first time where I could really connect with them because the way that they were, if they were telling a story, it's easier for a young kid who's in high school to connect to to something like this. The same way I liked Reliant K's Sadie Hawkins dance because I'm like, oh, I went, I was asked <laughs> to the Sadie Hawkins dance. Became my favorite song. So this was my favorite uh, Beastie Boys song f- from all of the early 2000s. Paul Revere was on every single mixtape I made. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> Haven't talked to him in years. That's a good song. Can you do you want to sing a few bars real quick, Paul? Uh, no. Okay. But it was covered by Cypress Hill. And the history of this song is kind of interesting. Uh, Adam Horowitz said how the song evolved from an incident where the Beastie Boys were waiting at a recording studio for Run DMC when Run suddenly came running down the streets screaming at them. And when he reached the Beastie Boys, he said, here's a little story I got to tell. And then Simmons said, now that's the song. And then they started working on it. Nice. See, that's, that's the warmer. I, I love how that all comes together, too. And just mm-hmm. so you know, the singles from License Dill are kind of interesting. The number one song that they released is actually coming up next. It's called Hold It Now, Hit It. Do you want to dive into it real quick? Yeah, let's do it. And I'll go into Hold It Now, Hit It. I don't even know this song. Hold It Now, Hit It, their first, oh, yeah. their first single that they released on April 15th, 1986. Number before, two. Go ahead. Before the... Uh, 
Yeah. Fight for your right. So it was hold it now, hit it, then Paul Revere, then new style, then you got to fight for your right to party. On and they released that in December 1986, and then Brass Monkey, which is coming up, number five, released on January 5th, 1987. Yeah, I mean this song doesn't really hold it for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You don't like it that much? No. I thought you were going to give me one of the, this song is awesome. Nah, I don't like it. Uh, just before we get uh, too many letters and tweets and everything. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter, too, at twoguysonealbum at twitter.com or whatever how the handle is. Um, Twitter.org. That's what we're, we're on the organizational Twitter. <laughs> Tweet us and please it, just message us. We want to get better at this podcast, and we also like arguing with you through email too. <laughs> we are going to have a listener mail section. We're going to do a Facebook Live on that, and it's coming up shortly. We're, details to be followed. Yeah, on our, thank you on to our, our thank you for to our listener who wrote us about Rufus Wainwright too. That was very kind. Yeah, of yeah. You. We'll talk about all those, and we'll and thank you to all the people that tried to correct me on the police synchronicity. <laughs> the, that was wrong one again. Of the most. Uh, well-written listener mails that we've gotten. No, that's fine. Uh, But I was going to say, just so we get uh, this correction out of the way to begin with, you can write us if you want to, but I'm saying it right now. Pollywog Stew was actually released in 1982 uh, from the Beastie Boys. This was actually kind of their second album they put out. Fair enough. Let's get to number 11, Brass Monkey. You want to reverse, hold it now, hit it? Yeah. Okay, no, we'll go to Brass Monkey. Another great kegger hit. Such a good song. Brass monkey, that monkey, monkey. I mean, how did they come up with this shit? <laughs> I'm guessing they just looked at a, a brass monkey statue and they're like, that's. And Russell Simmons came out and he's like, that's the song right there. <laughs> that's the song right there. Uh, I mean, it's a great song and it's like, clearly the lyrics are so stupid, but I mean. It's crazy. You know what it's it seems crazy. like, though, Paul? Like, if you and I were in a band and we were sitting in a studio and you came to me and you said, Mike, I have the greatest song to be singing right now. I have a song about a brass monkey. I'd be like, hell yes, Paul. And think about how much fun we'd have screaming brass monkey to a microphone. Uh, I don't know, man. It's pretty crazy. But um, it's a great song. Um I, I, I wish there was like I wish there was like a deeper meaning, but it's really named after an al- alcoholic drink mm. called the Brass Monkey, and they talk about it throughout the song. And interesting enough, it was covered once in New York, 2013, between two other hits, "Too Much" and "Ants Marching" by the Dave Matthews Band. Mm. What? That's correct. <laughs> wow. You heard it here first. Well, that's what you call a callback in the business, where we call back to a prior episode. episode. Mm-hmm. That album, I saw Dave Matthews on uh, Jimmy Kimmel the other night. He, he he seemed, you know, he seems angry nowadays. He doesn't seem as laid Maybe back. Maybe he heard our episode of... Uh, <laughs> Of two guys one album. Wouldn't that be just amazing if he just listened to a podcast? He's like, I need some, I need some inspiration. I've had a tough day. Oh, these guys reviewed my album. How kind. Yeah, whatever. All right, we know this song. Everyone knows this song. It's great song. It's a great for any kegger after party. That is the tempo. 
Going into slow and low. Slow and low. I don't think I've ever heard this song before. So we we went through No Sleep Till Brooklyn a little earlier, but I have a little tidbit of info on that one too. A two guys one album trivia bite. Did you know uh, Carrie King from the band Slayer actually played the guitar on Beastie Boys I did No know Sleep that. Till Brooklyn? Wow. But he didn't really get along with the Beastie Boys, according to Rick Rubin. I, he supposedly didn't even like the song and the aesthetic of it. It's he, not a good song. I agree with. I, I, I don't very often agree with uh, Carrie King of Slayer, mm-hmm. but in this case, I'm going to agree. This song kind of blows. And you always agree with Carrie King. I said I don't always oh, agree with him. This is one of the times where Carrie and I didn't see eye to eye. We're still good friends, Slay, Carrie King and I. <laughs> but uh, but they, it is the they did sample flick of the switch from ACDC on this too, mm-hmm. which was. The one that was the lawsuit issue. Yeah, that's ACDC holds their songs pretty. I tightly. haven't used my skip. I'm going to use my skip on this song. It sucks. You're going to use, and I'm also them? doing it to support Carrie King. <laughs> Where you get, I think it's so about time to get else. Now, this is an interesting song because they got so many samples in it. They sampled over 10 songs in this, throughout this song. Wow. And this is when a sampling was actually kind of hard to do because you need to actually get the albums yeah. and then put them there was on no there. Pro Tools. Yeah. No. Rick Rubin, who's like, he needed to go through his garage and be like, I guess I can find that and just bring it to the studio, wind it up, probably pour the oil for the album. And then he'd have to clean it off because his beard got it all dirty because <laughs> it was probably hanging on. Beard is a And then Carrie King is probably knocking over his cup of brass drunk. monkey. But this, that's interesting. You can hear the sampling of Nothing from Nothing from Billy Preston in this, which is such a good song. And I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. They say take the money and run from Steve Miller's sample of this too, but I don't hear it. Do you? I'm listening for it. Listen to that 80s drum beat. Mm-hmm. It's so classic beatbox. It's just it's just funny because now these this is what everyone who's at the club and Twista and they just they use this as their bass. Twista. Now they can do that with their mouth basically. Where is Twista terrible. these days? I, I saw him the other day. He was on Lower Wacker Drive asking me for change. Oh dear, that's that's not true. No, we just made that up. Much love to Twista. I think we're. I think it's time to to give our ratings for this album. We do have to mention this was rated uh, by a lot of people as the best top forty albums of nineteen eighties. Uh, you know, Slant Magazine said that Q Magazine, um, Eminem said it was one of his favorite albums of all time, and he said it changed hip hop. And if you think about it, he actually on his new album Kamikaze, the cover pays homage Mm -hmm. to License to Ill. I mean, if you look at it, I saw it first. I was like, what is this? Is this some sort of callback to Beastie Boys? And sure enough, it is. (laughs) I'm looking at the Eminem uh, album. The uh, the plane is (laughs) F-U-2. Oh, is that, that I see what he did there. But I mean, it's 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 got. It. I mean, he clearly did it to pay homage, and yeah, he's he's always said he's been a fan of the Beastie Boys, and so, um, you know, he said that, and and, and it is what it is. 
Eminem, you know, Beastie Boys, one of the few rap bands that never really had any beef with anybody, to be honest. At least I, as I can't recall. Uh, I don't think that's accurate, but you know what? I'm not going to, I'm going to wait till the fan mail comes in. Yeah. I, I like that. You, we always like throw a couple things in just that people were like, listening, like, oh my God, it's just, they didn't just, say anything wrong yet. And then Michael throws some shit out like that. We fish it out. They had no, they had no enemies at all. In fact, uh, Beastie Boys. <laughs> never, ever had never any said, controversy whatsoever. Nope. Come on, bring it, Michael Johnson from Alabama. <laughs> All right, here's the time. Here's the rating. Our rating system works as follows. 11 is the most you can get because in social media, that's when you can no longer see all the names. Although that's that doesn't really apply anymore. I think mm-hmm. Facebook changed that. But I uh, still like it, though. Yeah, we're going to stick to 11 because we're very stubborn. And uh, I'm going to give this album... Hold I'm, on a sec, Paul. Oh, I, I, can do, I can do a little sound effect for us here because we're okay, in a okay. big studio. I am going to give this album six likes, a turntable, mm. a record, mm-hmm. and headphones, and then also an eggplant <laughs> in honor of Carrie King. <laughs> I knew something was coming. I knew there was a reason for the eggplant. All right. That was, that's a great album. So, uh, great uh, rating. What would you give them one more time? Six, six okay. likes. The disc, the turntable, mm-hmm. the headphones, mm-hmm. and the eggplant. I'm sticking with it. Okay, I like that. Okay, for my rating of Beastie Boys' License to Ill, I'm going to give it five. Five likes. Wow. Five likes. I'm going, I'm going you lower. The, you did the, uh, what do you call it? The price is right. Price is right on me. I price is right to you. You just price is right me. All right. Well, what are your? What the are your, only thing I'm winning is a hug from Carrie King because I'm on. His what side are your emojis? Too. My emojis are five likes. I'm gonna give it the the guy with the top hat. Oh yeah. Like you know because I, I just assume that the mm-hmm. brim because they wear that a lot especially in their music video for No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give it the plane. For the Eminem aforementioned plane sure. cover. And in honor of 9-11, which is close by. <laughs> yes, I suppose I can throw that in there, too. Uh-huh. And I'm going to give it, of course, the monkey for Brass Monkey, because oh. you need to share the love with the monkey. And then, of course, maybe, you know what, I'm going to give it the purple heart, too, just just for the heck of it, because this is actually... Purple I, heart? I, not the purple heart, not the <laughs> not the uh, the award for right. for service. the heart that's purple. The heart that's purple. Why purple? Just because, you know, the red means love. The purple one kind of means, like, hey, we could be friends. I thought that was white. White? white heart is there a white heart i don't know okay you stick with you you can't i'm I, gonna give it the purple heart, purple so. heart yes but not the award not the no not the award and the, <laughs> and the monkey for brass monkey it's a great album what can i say you you the beastie boys did an amazing job rick rubin put himself on the map with this album i think there it's an an amazing amazing piece of artwork um that definitely put them on the charts and kept them there as legends. Sure. Good job. I uh, it's definitely not my favorite Beastie Boys album. It's definitely not my favorite rap album. But it definitely deserves uh, all the credit it got for creating, creating the way 
the path for a lot of people who came later. Mm -hmm. But that's all we got to say about that. If you guys want to uh, follow us on Twitter, it's Two Guys, One Album uh, at Twitter. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to find out more about us individually, I'm at Paul F. Comedy is my website or at Paul Farvar is my Instagram. And you can find me at Instagram at Arthur Fonzarelli. Or you can can find me at MichaelHeideman.com. But Paul, it was so amazing to see you again. Yeah, we've been, we need to start doing this more. We need to start doing it more. I know we're trying our best. Mm-hmm. Please follow us, like us, all that stuff. It means a lot to email review us. us. That's the most important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you email us and you, if you could also review us on iTunes and SoundCloud, that helps us as well. And uh, the more reviews we get, the better. Even if they're, if you're not going to give us five stars, if you don't give us five stars, you should kill yourself. No, no, don't do that. But just. Stay alive, stay like, stay yeah, alive. Yeah. But let us know why we didn't get the five stars from you. Yeah, because I know it's probably I know the reasons why it's going to be uh, you shit all over my album. I love Dave Matthews Band, and right. you said that they we they know sucked. that one's coming, but it, has, it already came. <laughs> but my point is, just review us, like us, tell your friends about it, um, and that, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what, it. What should we go out on? Um, no I sleep till Brooklyn is I, what I vote. You know what, Paul. This one goes out to you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah.